1: This means poor visibility, security gaps, and added risk. That's why Cloudflare created the first-ever connectivity cloud. Visit cloudflare.com to protect your business everywhere you do business. Following major breach revelations from Equifax, Yahoo, Deloitte, and the U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission, There have been many calls in the U.S. for increased legislation and regulation that would force better privacy and identity management practices. Kind of like they're getting in Europe next year thanks to GDPR, the General Data Protection Regulations set for implementation May 25, 2018. In this CyberWire special edition, we'll ask some cybersecurity experts about GDPR, What it means for privacy and data use, the right to be forgotten, the penalties for non-compliance, and what it means for organizations outside the EU. Joining us are Steve Durbin, Managing Director of the Information Security Forum, a not-for-profit organization providing its members with guidance on cyber, information security, and risk management. Brett Hansen, Vice President of Data Security Solutions at Dell, one of the largest suppliers of computer hardware, software, and services in the world and Darren Gibbard, CTSO at Qualys, a global provider of cloud-based security and compliance solutions. Stay with us.
0: I think that if we go right the way back, the European Union for some while has been concerned about the volume of data that's being produced as relates to individuals.
1: That's Steve Durbin, Managing Director of the Information Security Forum.
0: And what the GDPR really has at its heart is an attempt to protect the rights of the individual. So it's a very citizen-centric, individual-centric piece of regulation, which is quite different from what we see perhaps in other parts of the world. But what the GDPR does is it says, as an EU citizen, you have the right to your information. So you have a right to understand how it is being used, how it is being protected, stored at each and every stage of the life cycle. And what the working party has done around GDPI is try to come up with an approach that protects that information, sets some very clear guidelines for anybody who is dealing with or handling European citizen data, and also to give powers to the supervisory authorities that allow them to investigate and, and, and really provide some form of, of tangible sanction where appropriate. Uh, on organizations that for whatever reason have not applied the appropriate level of, of GDPR protection to the personal information that they've been holding.
2: If you're looking at the laws in place and what GDPR represents, this is a benchmark move by the EU to say that organizations
1: are going to be held accountable if they are collecting, if they are storing, if they are processing citizen information. That's Brett Hansen, Vice President of Data Security Solutions at Dell. You know and
2: have to be accountable,
1: and you're going to have
2: to be able to document and prove that the data is being safely managed and stored. Uh, the EU is is clearly drawing a line and making a bold statement, saying you know this is important. And again, if you if you're operating within our borders, you're going to adhere to these rules, or you're going to be facing some serious penalties.
0: What we have in the GDPR is consistency across all of the member states. So there is only one GDPR. There is only one way of interpreting that within reason. And, of course, in the United States, there are very many different ways of, of, uh, of viewing some of the legislation that's been brought out because some of it is, uh, is both at the state level and, uh, and, of course, federal. And so how will
1: this affect companies in the United
0: States?
3: I firmly believe that it will affect them just as much as what it affects the organizations within the EU itself.
1: That's Darren Gibbard. He's the Chief Technical Security Officer and Managing Director at Qualys.
3: It's ensuring that EU citizen data is protected wherever it goes across the globe. PwC did a very good uh, article last October in the U.S. where they interviewed over 2,500 organizations within the U.S. And the average spend per organization was a million dollars on preparing for uh, GDPR and making sure that their organisations were ready and that's across obviously uh, multiple sectors multiple um, size organisations so If the US is is leading by example, then, um, you know, obviously Australia are working well towards it. I was down in South Africa basically um, three weeks ago. They're preparing for it. If I'm totally honest, I probably think everybody outside of the EU is better prepared for the GDPR than what they are within the EU.
1: Why do you say that?
3: Uh, just because of the um, understanding of the budgets that are being spent and the preparation that's being put into making sure that the citizens' data is separated um, and is understood and is known and where that data is going and where and how it's being used within the organisations that are processing it.
0: The bottom line is that if a company in the United States is handling European citizens' data, um, then the GDPR... Will apply. So, if a US corporation has perhaps an office in the European Union and is dealing with citizens' data, then it will apply. Even if it doesn't have an office in Europe but is handling data that relates to an EU citizen, the GDPR covers that eventuality as well. So, what we're actually looking at with the GDPR, even though it's a piece of European legislation, is legislation that actually impacts organizations all around the world if they happen to be either active in the European Union or using information that relates to a European citizen.
2: Companies in the U.S. first and foremost need to understand, are they covered by GDPR? And many of them will be. Uh, Most companies of any size have operations in Europe, and they are likely to be collecting EU citizens' data in some form. And for those reasons, they are required to be compliant with GDPR or face the same penalties that the EU would enforce on companies and organizations who are directly in Europe. So even though you might be in Texas, like I am, if you have operations, if you have activities in the EU, you need to be aware and you need to be adhering to GDPR principles or face potentially stiff penalties.
0: If you are dealing with European citizen data, then be under no illusion. The European Union will come after you and, and they will catch you. So they have sufficient uh, relationships with um, with the authorities in the United States to be able to, be able to do this. The, the, the key thing is, you know, any organization needs to understand if they're dealing with European citizen data, then the GDPR covers that eventuality and believe you me, supervisory authorities do have the reach and the clout to come after you.
2: Obviously, it's all about scale, right? So if if you're selling, uh, you know, dongles for $15 and you have three customers in Germany, you know, is, is the EU going to, you know, hunt you down wherever you are, Baltimore, Maryland, and, and elicit fines? No, I, I think that's less likely to happen. However, if you have major operations, let's say you have a, a sales office in, in Madrid, Spain, or you are, you are operating a fairly extensive website with you know, translations in German and French and Spanish and operations and you're selling through there, the answer to your question is yes, they, they can actually enforce if you are not again adhering to GDPR. With all cybersecurity, and GDPR is just an extension of cybersecurity, it's so a regulation, it's all about mitigation of risk. And so you know, if I'm an American company, my first step is to assess my risk. If, if I'm doing you know, $20 million of business in Europe and it represents 40% of my overall bookings for the year, then I'm going to need to take this very seriously. And I'm going to need to understand what the regulations entail. I'm going to need to take the necessary steps to ensure I meet GDPR standards.
1: I'm curious about uh, one of the things that uh, GDPR covers is this notion of consent, that consent must be explicit. I think most of us are familiar with um, uh, EULA, and and end-user license agreements that are pages and pages long. Um, Are we going to see the end of that, or are we going to see uh, simpler opt-in options for collecting data?
0: Well, certainly that's, that's the hope and the intent, I think, behind the GDPR. It is to try to present those kinds of things, those those kind of viewers as as, uh, as you've mentioned, in simple, easy to understand language for individuals. Perhaps more importantly, organisations need to be able to demonstrate that they have the consent of an individual to using their data as it relates to a particular project or perhaps campaign. Now, I'm a I'm a marketing guy by uh, by training. And for me, you know, this presents a whole range of different issues because from a marketing standpoint, of course, we're used to having people either required to opt out of some of the campaigns that we run or opt in to multiple campaigns. You won't be able to do that anymore under the GDPR. You have to have an opt in for each and every single campaign that is being run. And that, if if nothing else, presents some significant challenges to the marketing side side of the business.
2: There is an actual like specific language called out that you have to say these eight words and it has to be at this size of font. But they are encouraging sort of, you know, you do to make sure that your folks who you're clicking data is, they are aware. And that would naturally lend itself to not burying it in a 15 page EULA on, you know, item
0: 14-6.7. What about the right to erasure? The, uh, the right to be forgotten, as it's often referred to, I think this was one of the, the key elements that, that people really talked about when GDPR was first being mooted. Uh, this really is, is I think, that relies on, on the core tenet of, of GDPR. This is about the right of the individual. So as an individual, I have the right to go to an organization and ask them to remove my information from their databases. They have no obligation to keep that data uh, once I've made that, that request, unless it is either core to their business, um, so their business will essentially fall apart if, if they don't have that information, um, or it's someone like, for instance, the IRS or um, in, in the case of Europeans, you know, HMRC or the, uh, the tax office in the, in the individual member state. So the individual really ha- does have control. So I could, for instance, determine that I am I've no longer wish my telecoms carriers would be sending me, that whole pile of information because maybe i've moved carriers and i can ask for that information then to be removed from all of their systems and databases and they would have to do that and demonstrate that that indeed was the case mm. it also allows the individual of course to have what we term portability of information so again in the case where i'm switching from perhaps one supplier to another i can request uh, the information that uh, my current supplier holds be sent to me, so that I could take it to a, a, a new supplier and say, look, this is my track records, and so perhaps use that as some bargaining chip in terms of getting the right level of uh, arrangement with a new supplier. So right to be forgotten, very important, and portability of uh, personal data as well. So again, GDPR really views the individual citizen as owning their data, and that's, that's one of the key differences as we've said, between what happens in the European Union and perhaps other, other countries like the United States.
1: And how about enforcement? What's going to be in place uh, in terms of penalties and even having uh, the funding uh, to have um, people who can execute the enforcement?
0: Yeah, the, the role of the supervisory authority has, has really been beefed up uh, under, the, uh, under the GDPR. They have investigative powers, they have corrective powers, as uh, rather nicely referred to. Uh, A corrective power allows for a supervisory authority to impose fines. That can be up to uh, about 20 million euros, so uh, today's exchange rate, that's probably about 20 million dollars, or indeed up to 4% of worldwide annual turnover for a serious non-compliance with the GDPR. There are very many things that the supervisory authority can do up to that point. So they have the, uh, the power, for instance, to close down your processing of personal data if they believe that you haven't fallen in line with some of the guidelines of GDPR. That, for some organizations, could have a much bigger impact than merely paying a fine. But, you know, the reality of this is that nobody really knows how these authorities are going to behave and react until the regulation comes in, which is 25th of May, 2018. And uh, I, I think the other thing I'd say is that nobody really wants to be a first past the post in terms of having the conversations with the supervisory
3: authority because something has gone wrong.
1: Is there a sense that companies are uh, preparing properly, or are they going to be ready?
3: If you'd have asked me a year ago, I'd have said no. Um, if you asked me recently when I engaged with CISOs and I talk to CISOs and CIOs in various organizations, I, I, yes, they will be. Um, I think there has been a lot of focus in the last 12 months, uh, basically, with all, within the uh, regulatory bodies, within the um, uh, vendor space has been helping organisations prepare for it. I think 90%, 95% of organisations will be ready to go by the May 25th, 2018.
0: I don't believe that everybody is. I think that quite a number of organisations have been taken aback by the sheer volume of work that is required in order to fully understand where personal data is. Just think about the amount of information that is created on an ongoing basis. You have to go through a discovery process within your enterprise to understand how much personal data you've actually been accumulating and where it's stored and how it's been shared, perhaps, with third parties. Then when you've done that, you've got to determine whether or not you're compliant with some of the guidelines from the GDPR. And so you have to perform a gap analysis. Now, a lot of organizations have engaged legal firms to help them in in this particular space. That gives you the perspective on where you actually stand, then you have to go about implementing um, the processes and the controls that ensure that uh, you aren't just compliant on day one, but this is an ongoing process. So for me, GDPR is very much more than pure compliance. I think in a lot of organizations, it does require a change program. It is about raising awareness at the individual level, because of course, this isn't the kind of thing that we can do just once a year, put the tick in the box, and then move on. It's an ongoing process, and it really will impact the way in which we behave, I think, as organizations, and more importantly, how individuals within our enterprises handle personal information and personal data.
2: If you peel away all the the regulations, of GDPR it really comes down to knowing your data, and most companies don't. Most companies couldn't tell you what they're collecting, where it's stored, how they're using it, who they're using it. And and so the starting point is, is having someone who is able to look across the breadth of operations, look across marketing, look across sales, look across HR, all the different elements that are collecting information to know what you're collecting. That's a very fundamental point are you collecting PII are you collecting you know address phone number social security credit card information what are you collecting where is it being stored are you storing it on premise are you storing it in the cloud where's that cloud are you storing it on uh, personal devices PCs smartphones tablets how are you using it is it just being collected and stored and there's no other activity are you using it for mining information? Are you selling it to someone else? That has implications. Um, and then, you know, really another one that's, that's often overlooked is who is using it and then who should be using it. So having someone who's able to answer those questions is a logical starting point for GDPR. Whether that's a dedicated individual because you have the, the scope of operations that you need to have that, whether it's someone's part-time job, again, you have to look at that in your company and, and evaluate your risk and risk mitigation. But if you if you do have some serious op, of operations, then you're going to want to have someone who's able to spend sufficient time to answer those questions, to define a policy around those questions, and then ultimately to start to work backwards to say, okay, if these are the activities we're doing with data – this is what we're collecting, this is where it's being stored, this is what we're using it for, these are who are the people that are using it for, how do we start to reduce our risk? How do we consolidate the storage of that data? How do we ensure it's being protected no matter where it's going? How do we ensure that the only the right people have access, and we're reducing the number of people who have access, thus
1: further reducing our risk? Do you suspect that this will become the global standard?
0: I think we're starting to see that already, yes. I mean, certainly a, a large number of countries outside of the European Union have been viewing this and saying, okay, if we have to comply with this, then we might as well at least set our own bar at the same level, if not uh, if not higher. So I think when I look at uh, other countries, you know, perhaps out in the Far East and uh, across other parts of the world, we're starting to see them falling in line with this and using it, if not in its entirety, then certainly as a template for uh, for handling personal data.
2: Clearly, I would be someone who would be advocating for increased diligence and, and regulation on the U.S. side, just because I think there is an opportunity for us to be more proactive and in, in encouraging organizations to be better stewards of data. Is GDPR the right set of regulations? Does it really... Address the key areas that we need to be thinking about. I think there's a lot of things that we can learn from it once it gets launched. What GDPR is encouraging companies to do is the right thing. Again, being good stewards over your employees and your customer data, that's a good thing to do. It was interesting. We did a Dell did a a a survey of line of business professionals. It was about four or five months ago, so still fairly fresh. And, and we asked them, you know, around data security hygiene and, you know, it was great. You said, okay, do you feel accountable for keeping your company's data safe? Oh, absolutely. Like 70% said, yes, I feel accountable. Okay. I felt pretty good about that. Like I see 95 or 80 or hundred percent, but 70%. Okay, good. Line lot of business feels they're accountable for keeping their data safe. Well, what are some of your, your practices? How do you how do you keep it safe? Well, do you send it to outside the organization? 70% said yes. Do you use uh, public data sharing sites for this information? 50% said yes. Do you use your work device for personal email and or social networking? Over half said yes, right? So what, what came out of that survey was with employees, a very clear line around, yeah, I think that I should be protecting my company's data unless it starts to impede me from doing the job that I want to do in the way I want to do it. Right. And it all comes down to sort of, you know, I get paid on getting my job done, whatever it is as quickly as possible. I don't get paid on good data security hygiene tech. I'm I'm a cybersecurity professional. I don't get paid on that. When I talk to my boss, we talk about revenue. We talk about delivering new products, innovation. I, he's never said, are you keeping good uh, data hygiene over your, uh, your customer's information? No never come up in any of my reviews. But I think that we need to start thinking about that as something that isn't really important because if we don't, we're gonna keep seeing employees choose convenience over good data security and hygiene. You know, that's still an ongoing challenge, I think for most every large company in the world, which is how do I make sure that all of my employees are motivated and, and feel responsible and accountable and educated around data security?
1: It's interesting that um, the fines and the penalties are all civil offences. That there there are no criminal offences for a massive data breach.
0: No, that's right. And that's, it's interesting to um, to ponder, I suppose, as to whether or not that is going to to change. I, I think that one of the impacts of GDPR coming in next year is that certainly we're going to see an increase in the amount of breaches that are reported because there is a reporting requirement you have to report to the supervisory authority within 72 hours of uh, of a breach that impacts personal data for instance and um, you also have to inform affected individuals uh, without undue delay where there is a high risk to those in- uh, particular individuals so I, I do expect that we're going to see an increase in certainly in, in volume whether or not that is an artificial Increase And so we haven't actually been seeing some of these things, but they've been happening. Um, who knows? But certainly, I think that uh, as the volume will increase, again, there will be a temptation to say, well, hang on, should we be actually reviewing this again now in the light of uh, organizations perhaps taking their uh, responsibilities aren't quite as seriously as, as they might, um, and what is the role of, of the C-suite in all of this. So I think we're in for some pretty interesting times in terms of the way that uh, the GDPR is implemented, uh, the way in which supervisory authorities use it, and indeed what happens after that, because certainly we have been seeing of late some, some very large-scale breaches that, that clearly have been uh, affecting personal information. I'm thinking particularly of things like uh, like Equifax recently, of course. I would expect over a period of time that perhaps things will change in uh, in this place.
2: Let's talk about Equifax. The breach occurred in May. We don't get notification until July. The amount of data being collected and how that data was being protected, it appears to be an afterthought in many ways. So that's a global company with huge amount of operations and resources, and they were not doing a sufficient job of protecting data, clearly. So I, I think GDPR is a, is a good step to focus organizations on good data hygiene. Honestly, if you, if you look through what, G, what GDPR is asking companies to do, it's the right thing to do regardless of compliance or not. You know, Protecting your customers, your employees' information is important. Whether it's because there's going to be a fine levied by a government agency or whether you will be potentially sued by customers whose data is lost, whether your brain will be degraded and compromised if your information is lost, there is a value to protecting data. I think GDPR, while a significant regulation, encourages companies to take the right steps to practice far better data hygiene than we've seen over the last few years,
3: I'm hoping it will be a, a very quiet event and basically a bit like Y2K, and basically it will be become a non-event and just um, uh, be everything will carry on as per normal. Um, so, from my perspective, I think it will be it will will be business as usual. So, organisations that are already under uh, regulatory uh, regime will be prepared will be ready and will be basically be ready to go organizations that are not so used to the regulatory regime will have a lot more work to do to get themselves used to the language of the regulation and to understand what the impacts would be to their their respective organizations
0: i think step one is you know determine whether or not it's applicable to you do you handle data If you don't in this particular space, then you can breathe a sigh of relief. So assess applicability. Do we process personal data about EU residents? That's the first question. If the answer is yes, then you have to look at the controls. Do you require a data protection officer? Do you have a risk assessment process that looks at data protection impact, for instance? Can you demonstrate that? Mm -hmm. Do you really understand where and how you transfer data, and that includes your third parties? And then I think you need to look at the legal basis um, within your enterprise as well to make sure that uh, you're covered from that standpoint and, and just review as well some of your breach reporting requirements. So, some fairly basic things I think that, that uh, organizations in, in the US could be doing to, uh, to really get in line with the regulations.
2: This can't be an IT or a compliance officer exercise in a vacuum. This has to be a company business conversation. I have run off across way too many companies where I meet with the CSO or I meet with our compliance officer and they have these great plans. And I said, great, go go forward. And I get a call from them six months later and they say, holy cow, you know, we were going you know, west and my CEO took us east and our cybersecurity plans are off the rails.
3: In a lot of cases with things like uh, privacy by design and privacy impact assessments, Security teams have been left out of the project management of future development, strategy conversations within respective organisations. And I think this is an opportunity for the the security industry to mature and to grow up and to finally... Have that C level C suite presence because what the, um, the cyber, the security teams, the CSOs, the CIOs are going to be protecting the organisations and protecting the CEO from breach, from massive regulatory fines. So I think you know I've been in this industry for 25 years now. I think it's it's now finally with the um, incoming GDPR. Uh, the regulation, I think it's going to actually improve and I think it's going to um, make the CISO's role a lot more important within um, organizations.
2: And so there has to be a meaningful conversation between those folks who are tasked to do this and the line of business teams who are actually gonna be the ones who are gonna be collecting the data, utilizing the data, storing the data you got to find that balance between the different groups. So having that meaningful conversation is absolutely essential,
1: but it all starts with the first question, which is know your data. Our thanks to Brett Hansen, Steve Durbin, and Darren Gibbard for sharing their views on the GDPR, and thank you for listening. Don't forget to check out our website, thecyberwire.com, where you can sign up for our daily news brief, read interviews, event reports, and more. The Cyberwire Podcast is produced by Pratt Street Media. Our editor is John Petrick. Social media editor is Jennifer Iben. Technical editor is Chris Russell. Executive editor is Peter Kilpie, and I'm Dave Bittner. Thanks for listening.